service, we'll continue with the sermon. Again, the sermon is based on our gospel reading from Luke 7, verses 36 through 50, if you'd like to follow along at home. For those here, you can follow along in your worship folder. We'll begin with this prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. This weekend, there's a lot of advertisements for sales. Holiday weekend, 4th of July, so if you've been waiting and watching, there might be something out there that you've been wanting, and now there's a big sale on it. Of course, savvy shoppers know to read the fine print. Some of those deals really aren't deals at all. And two, this 4th of July weekend, we are reminded of a phrase as we celebrate our independence, that freedom is not free. Certainly there are many in this country who have not fought to defend the country or have not fought to gain its independence and its freedom. Yet we all enjoy that. The cost was paid by few. Lives were sacrificed. And for many others, there are still physical and emotional and mental scars that stick with them. Many families have been stretched or even ruined because of weeks, months, or years separated. Indeed, there is a cost to this freedom, even if you have not paid it. There was a cost paid by a Pharisee in our Gospel reading from Luke chapter 7. In Luke 7, we hear about a Pharisee. His name is Simon. He invited Jesus to his home to enjoy a meal. Really a dinner party. There are many other guests. Simon, being a Pharisee, enjoyed being in the upper circle of society, the upper echelon. So hosting this dinner party was really no burden on him. He could certainly handle it with his budget. And in fact, I'm sure he was very happy to host. Gave him a chance to show off all that he had, his home, his servants, the fact that he required nothing from anybody to come and they could just be lavished upon this wonderful meal with all the trimmings. Simon took care of the cost of the meal. But as we continue reading, we see that he does actually require something from those attending this dinner party. As we read on, we find that a woman, we're not given her name, a woman from that city came to the dinner party, she was uninvited. Again, we get Simon's name, but we don't get her name. All we get from her is a description. A woman who lived a sinful life. She came into Simon's home, around the dinner table, and she stood behind Jesus. And as she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. And she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she...
Well, Simon rejects. Jesus looks down on him because he accepted the sinful. Jesus reveals that Simon has the same debt as the sinful woman. Jesus heard Simon's thoughts. Again, as we read them, we get to hear them. For those at the party, no one had heard them except for Jesus being God. And so Jesus responds to the thoughts in Simon's head. Thoughts that Jesus wasn't worthy, Jesus really wasn't, we said he was. So Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher. Probably thinking as if this teacher could actually teach me anything. Jesus said, Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Jesus tells the parable to make it clear to Simon that he does have debt. That he and the sinful woman both have debt. Now, in this very brief parable, the moneylender would be God and debt would be sin. Now, Simon did not fear God. In trust in God, he believed that God looked at him and saw him, Simon, all the things that he was doing, and that he was good. Simon really didn't need anything from God, just a welcome into heaven at the end of his life. Simon also did not respect or believe in Jesus. Instead, he believed he was a better teacher and a better judge of character than Jesus. But he was wrong. He was wrong about himself, and he was wrong about Jesus. There's a danger to looking like you live debt-free. It seems that there are lots of folks, or at least some folks, that fall into this temptation to look like they live debt-free. Debt often has this bad connotation behind it. So in order for somebody to live as though they are debt-free, often it means they have to spend money. Money that they don't have because they're in debt. But again, if you're going to pretend and show people that you don't have debt, well, then you have to be able to spend money because you have money that you're not using to pay off debt, money that you can just spend on anything else. It's a bad and dangerous way of living because it's not true and actually drives you further into debt. Simon looked like he lived debt-free. No worries about sin, no worries about God's acceptance. Simon was a Pharisee. He believed that he was living such a good life that God was going to welcome him in heaven. He had so few sins, if any, that his good life had made up for all of those. Yet Jesus pointed out he still had debt a debt he could not forgive, a debt he could not pay, a debt only God could take care of. And so, at this lavish dinner party, 
we find that the sinful woman who Simon despised, the sinful woman who Simon and sounds like the rest of the town looked at as a person who had this mountain of debt, actually had no debt, no sin. Her sins had been forgiven through Jesus. Jesus said, Then he leaned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house, and you didn't give me any water for my feet. But she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her own hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head. She has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus says to her, Your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Simon showed no love for Jesus because he saw no reason to love Jesus. While the sinful woman had been freed from her sins, she already knew she was forgiven. She already trusted in Jesus' forgiveness. And that peace of the forgiveness that she had through Jesus, that could not be contained. She showed love for him. And to give her undeniable reassurance that her sins are indeed forgiven. Jesus says to her, your sins are forgiven. She was forgiven. She was at peace, loved, dearly treasured by her Savior. And she already knew all of this. But she didn't just hear Jesus was going to his house. She didn't just walk by the house and think to herself, that's nice. Jesus is there. Her love poured out for her Savior. And Jesus welcomed her presence as one of his dear children. Now Jesus has also forgiven your sins. Like the sinful woman, we already heard these words at the beginning of the service. Your sins are forgiven. I get to pronounce those words to you because they are Jesus' words and they are true for you. Like the sinful woman, you come here to this house of worship and you hear those words over and over. Your sins are forgiven. And then we leave. And we leave this house. We fall back into sin. So the devil attacks. And guilt attacks us. Doubts fill your heart because it feels like your sins really aren't fully forgiven. And now there are more sins after I've left this house. More sins. When that debt continues to pile up, when it feels like your sins are still, still there. When you doubt that God's forgiveness continues, it's good to see how many sins God has forgiven the people God has already forgiven. In our Old Testament reading from 2 Chronicles 33, we hear about one of the worst kings of Israel, Manasseh. Manasseh lived about 700 years before Jesus. His father was King Hezekiah. Hezekiah was actually 
one of the better kings in Israel, trusted, believed in God, followed God. He was a good king for the nation. Manasseh threw all that away. And we hear the description of this terrible man. We're reading from 2 Chronicles 33. He built altars in the temple of the Lord, of which the Lord had said, My name will remain in Jerusalem forever. In both the courts of the temple of the Lord, he built altars to all the starry hosts. And then this next part, we could simply read this. He sacrificed his children in the fire. Children, we don't know how old they are. Maybe walking around, maybe just held in the arms. Sacrifice them in the fire. Practice divination, witchcraft, sought omens, consulted mediums, spiritists, wasn't looking to God for answers, wanted answers, wasn't looking to God for answers. He did much evil in the eyes of the Lord, arousing his anger. From our perspective, Manasseh's debt of sin is too great. And yet, this is what we read about God. The Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people. The Lord had not given up on him. The Lord continued speaking to them. But read, they paid no attention. So he has this massive debt of sin. And God reaches out to him and he rejects it. So now it really seems there is no hope for him. And we read, So the Lord brought against them the army commanders of the king of Assyria, who took Manasseh prisoner, put a hook in his nose. And don't think this is like some fun nose ring kind of thing. This is terrible. Like a beast of burden. He's a prisoner now with a hook in his nose to be led by. Bound with bronze shackles, taken to Babylon. Then in his distress, he sought the favor of the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his ancestors. And when he prayed to him, the Lord was moved by his entreaty and listened to his plea. So he brought him back to Jerusalem and to his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord is God. God never turned his back on Manasseh, despite his many sins and despite his rejection. And yes, God punished him, but God still loved him. And finally, when Manasseh calls out to God, knowing the kind of God he is, God forgives him, even restores him back to being king, back to his kingdom, frees him from prison. When you doubt Jesus' forgiveness, it remains for you. Just like it remains for Manasseh, like it remains for all people. Your debt remains forgiven through Jesus. When you leave here today, you will still have memories of past sins. When you leave here today, you will still face temptations. When you leave here today, you will give in to some of those temptations, and you will sin. Some of those sins may be so grave that you become known for those sins. But all of those sins are forgiven. Because your debt is not something that you pay off. Your sins are not something that you work for. You are the same as everyone else. You all have debt. And the same solution for that debt is found in our New Testament reading. 
From 1 Corinthians 6, Paul writes, and that is what some of you were. You are no longer considered sinners. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. You were in debt, but God paid the price. You were washed clean through the waters of your baptism. As Peter says in 1 Peter 3, not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience toward God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. God has washed your sins away. You no longer have a guilty conscience. And when you do feel that you have a guilty conscience, you say, I was washed clean. Not a foolish thought like this was a holy shower or something like that. But that God has saved you and washed you clean through the resurrection of your Savior, Jesus. Before Him, you now stand good, worthy, righteous. And God has sanctified you. This means that He has set you apart from the unbelieving and condemned world, set you apart now to be His dear child, a citizen of heaven, somebody called and able to, by the power of the Spirit, to love Him and serve Him, to love others and to serve them. And God has justified you through Jesus, declaring that you are no longer labeled sinner. You are labeled saint. You are labeled holy, worthy to sit with him at the banquet table of heaven. And this is all again accomplished by God. The Holy Spirit is the one who has done this, who has given you the gift of faith. The Holy Spirit is the one who continues to fill your heart with peace. Which is why we put this banner up this time of year. The peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 7. There are a lot of deals that are advertised this time of year. It's 4th of July. If you're smart, you're going to read the fine print to make sure it is actually a good deal. And certainly if you haven't said it already, you're going to hear that phrase, freedom is not free, which is true. The freedoms that we are blessed to celebrate this weekend are not free. Many lives were given to earn those. Many have survived but still carry scars, mental, physical, emotional. Families were strained, separated, even ruined. There was a cost for your forgiveness, but you could not. And God did not ask you to pay it. He paid it for you. Your debt wiped clean. Your sins forgiven through the sacrifice of your Savior, Jesus. God forgives your debt for free. It continues to be free because of God's love, His grace and mercy. There are no strings attached. You have it. It's yours. Which also means those words that Jesus spoke that sinful woman are also true for all of you. Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Amen. Hi, my name is Gunnar Liederman, the pastor at Divine Peace Church, Rockwall in Texas. Thanks for watching the sermon. If you'd like to watch more, please follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Divine Peace Church Rockwall.
Thanks and God bless.